Hello? Yas, okay. Um, welcome to another episode of my podcast. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Girl in Her 20s with me, your host, Abby Morrow. Um, today it is a Monday. Um, it's a Monday. It's a morning. It's a Monday morning, if you will. Um, I, I'm trying to think, what have I done since I last sat in this studio with this mic in front of my mouth. One exciting thing that happened this weekend. Actually, I have a, I had a pretty exciting weekend. It was fun. So on Friday, just a few days ago, I had to take one of my residents and friends to um, the urgent care in Malibu. And right across the street is like the Malibu Country Mart, which is fun little cute shopping center. Sometimes you see celebrities. That'll come into play later. So I drop her off at urgent care. I go to meet my friends in the Country Mart. Um, I'm about to go into Chipotle. My friends are on their way. All of a sudden, who walks by me but Cody Ko and Kelsey Kreppel? Okay, so they walk by me, right? I text my friends. Cody Ko is literally here. I just saw him. He just walked by me. They were like, holy sh**, no way. They speed on over. They're like, I need to get there. They get there. I've lost Cody Ko. I do have my burrito in hand. I say, let's go stalk him. I saw him go this way. So we start walking along the country. The Malibu Country Mart, we're looking into every like storefront, trying to see where he could possibly be. We finally pass by this coffee shop and him and Kelsey are sitting in there, but we don't really want coffee and I already have a burrito in my hand. So we're like, okay, we're going to sit on this bench outside and wait for them to come out. So they come out of the store, their dog, Chili, runs up to us (laughs) and I'm like, oh my God. Cody didn't say a word. Kelsey was like, ah, thank you. And we're like, he's so cute. And then Lauren, my friend, goes, bye, Chili, because we did know them and the name of their dog. And we were kind of trying to make it look like we ran into them coincidentally. However, I do think they saw me outside of Chipotle and knew I was stalking them. Um, I also found out later it was Kelsey's birthday. So I felt a little bad for annoying them. But that was exciting. Even more exciting, y'all. I went to the beach um, right after that. I had like an outing with my sorority. So we pull up to the beach and we're going into the parking lot and the parking lot attendants are like, are you here for the beach or are you here for the filming? And I'm kind of like the filming of what? I think I want to be here for the filming. What are you guys filming? They're like, we're filming a mayonnaise commercial. And I'm like, bullshit. There are like tons of trailers out everywhere, like hair, makeup. I know like all productions take a lot of work, but it was just a lot of work for like a mayonnaise commercial. I was not buying it. I was not having it. Nothing of the sort at all. So we drive a little farther up and there's this like assistant guy walking around and we're like, what are you guys filming? And he's like, oh, I can't tell you. Like it's a mayonnaise commercial. (laughs) And we're like, no, really? Like, what are you filming? And he's like, all right, guys, this is Justin Bieber music video. We're like, ah, no way, Justin Bieber. Um, so when we were on the beach, it was kind of hard to get over to the area where they were actually like filming, but, um, I was watching from like afar and it was definitely Justin Bieber. Like I could tell, and all the people like on set and stuff were wearing like his merch or like purpose to her hoodies or whatever. So it was very cool. Kind of basically met Justin Bieber, sat on a blanket with him and shared a tender kiss. He basically told me he would leave his wife for me is what happened on that Friday. And then, oh my God, this one actually pissed me off. So anybody who knows me knows I am literally obsessed with four freak show from TikTok, like Haley Chase, Claire and Hamza. I'm literally obsessed with them. They for real, like I truly think saved my life and got me through quarantine in a way that no one else did. They were there for me when no one else was for real. They're soldiers. 
I went to Saddle Ranch after the beach with my friends for my friend's birthday. And when we left, we saw that they had posted a TikTok at Saddle Ranch. Like, it must have had been, it must, what did I just say? It must have been that day that they were there. So that's kind of crazy and cool and very fun and silly. But I'm also really sad I didn't meet them. And then Saturday, I went to go see Lucy Dacus live in person. And I kind of pooped my pants and cried and died a little bit inside. When she sang Addictions, that was something that was so spiritual, so, so whole to me. Um, she did a cover of La Vie and Rose that was really good. And my friend Lauren was like joking around. Ugh, I just hiccup. Um, my friend Lauren was like, what's so oh okay 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 let me restart so lucy dacus starts this song with i didn't write this one but like i think you guys might like it and she starts singing livy and rose so obviously we're all like okay it's like a famous song that's obviously not a lucy dacus song so my friend lauren goes what song is this she didn't write this and the girl next to us was like oh it's livy and rose and we were like girl we know that was all fun and good and now i'm here so I actually have something I specifically like want to talk about today and I didn't really do like any research on it because it's just been really heavy on my mind recently. So this is my thesis question. This is a question that in my life I am kind of always trying to investigate and I never really come close to an answer on. The question in question is why is self-care so fucking hard? Why is self-care literally like the most difficult thing in the world to do? And what also, like, it's an extension of that, what is self-care? Because I'm not, I'm not understanding. So the reason I, this has been, like, really heavy on my mind is because as school has started and gotten more difficult and I've gotten a lot more things on my plate, I find it really hard to set aside time for activities that I would consider self-care. I was doing a great, like, job at doing these activities during, I would say, like, early mid quarantine um, and over like summer and winter breaks for school. But now it's pretty much all absolutely left me. So when I look up self-care ideas on Google, all these little images come up like 50 things you can do to take care of yourself. Let me read a couple of them. Usually one that's like common throughout all of them is meditate or yoga or something like that. Take a walk listen to a podcast, change your sheets, read a book, say positive affirmations. Yeah, try a guided prayer or meditation, take a bath, take a nap, take a break, <laughs> take, take, take things. Um, exercise, go out in the sunshine, do a spa treatment. Lots of things like this. This has been something that has been really, really difficult for me because I would say probably around this time, actually, I would say like at the start of quarantine, even a little bit before COVID hit at all, I had been starting to get into meditation. Um, this is something that I so enjoy. I'm still not very good at it, and I, I will get into that. Um, but taking time out of my day to do five or 10 minute morning and nighttime meditations um, around sometime a little deeper into quarantine. I started to get more into like <laughs> like crystals and burning sage and reading tarot cards and like reading palms, trying more like, I don't know, a little more hippy dippy methods of like kind of guiding my future, predicting outcomes, all sorts of things like that. And I was pretty consistent about like doing this every day. I would have a journal where I'd mark off for like every day I did something like that. Um, another thing that recently 
I would even, I mean, I go in and out of phases like this. I would say for like probably three months in like peak quarantine, I was working out every day. I was like running and using a stationary bike and doing like floor workouts, like aerobic workouts. I was kind of having the time of my life, to be very honest. In the last month, I got in a really good habit of working out. I don't go to the gym. I don't really have enough time to go to the gym, which is unfortunate because I like going to the gym and using like real equipment. Um, but I've been pulling out my little yoga mat and doing like, what's her name? What's the freaking Chloe Ting? I've been doing, I've been messing up a Chloe Ting routine in my, in my single dorm room. And probably about one or two weeks ago when I felt like shit started to really hit the fan for me, all of that dropped off meditation, working out, reading, taking basically any time for myself fell off the face of the earth. And the problem I've been having is as I try and I notice I'm falling out of these habits, like really, really dropping off with them. I try to reincorporate them back into my schedule, but I almost feel like reincorporating them back into my schedule leads to more stress because when I know I have something to do, working out, reading a book for leisure, going on a walk or meditating is difficult it's difficult to sit through because I know that there's something on the other side that I need to get done um meditating in the morning is especially hard for me because the whole time I'm thinking like okay this is 10 minutes I could be using to walk to Starbucks and getting homework done and doing stuff early it's leads to more stress it's intended to release relieve my stress but it's creating more stress and that's just something I don't know how to deal with I have been thinking it kind of makes me rethink the way I conceptualize self-care because the way I think about self-care is like these simple little gratifying acts that you can kind of yeah, I don't know how to explain this. When you look up self-care on Google, I think this is a big problem with it. It comes up with like these five minute little activities that we can do to um, improve a bad day or a stressful day. Like, for instance, this one five minute self-care checklist that comes up when I Google it is do some stretches, brush your hair, take a quick shower, spend five minutes organizing, watch a funny video, write down things you're grateful for, take a few deep breaths, text a friend, make a warm drink. These are all great things that we can do to take care of ourselves, but I don't know if this is exactly what I would picture as self-care. I think a lot of people on the internet have done a way better job at like verbalizing this than me. The self-care industrial complex needs to be addressed immediately. I think another big problem with the concept of self-care is that companies have now effectively packaged it and are able to market it as something you can buy. And I think a lot of ways that this comes into play is through our appearance. And this is a difficulty I've had with thinking about self-care as well. A lot of the times when I'm thinking about, okay, what's something I can do to take care of myself? It's do a face mask, do a hair mask, um, moisturize myself, do my makeup, do a skincare routine, do, do teeth whiteners. That was a big one for me. Like if I put my teeth whiteners on, I'm zoned out, I'm relaxed. And thinking about that deeply, that's kind of dark. I mean, there's a whole like capitalistic mindset of it all that if I just buy this like $10 face mask or this $20 face mask from Glossier that my problems will be immediately fixed or that the stress of <laughs> or that emotional trauma and extreme stress caused by being overworked is going to be solved by doing a 10 minute face mask at night. That's not true. But it goes into a deeper thing about the way we conceptualize beauty, because for me, a lot of my focus on self-care has been maintaining the way I look. And whether that's like doing something to my teeth or doing something to my hair or doing something to my face, 
Um, these are all, I'm not saying we just like shouldn't wash our hair or our faces or brush our teeth. I think those are all basic elements of self-care that need to be incorporated. But the idea that after a long week at work, our idea of relaxing is to do something to alter our hair or face or teeth is to be quite honest, it's fucked. And that's something I've had to rework a lot myself in myself. Something, a reason like (laughs) this might seem like a really for my birthday, my grandpa got me some like visa gift cards to just like buy whatever I wanted. And the first thing that I thought of buying, and this is so dark, were like makeup, teeth whitening strips, and um, like literally these $40 hair products. <laughs> I took a step back at myself and I was like, is that really like truly what I want? Or is that what I think I should have to maintain this appearance when I'm walking around campus? People can be like, oh, she looks really well put together. That's not spending that money. That was money that was gifted to me by someone. So I thought I should use it to buy something that brings me joy that I might not be able to buy with like the budget that normally goes to like basic needs and things with friends. And when I looked at like the things I was brainstorming to buy, they were all appearance related, which I was thinking to myself, I was like, is this really how I want to conceptualize self-care? So what I did was I took all of that stuff out of my shopping cart. I decided to buy, I'm trying to think what I got. Actually, let me pull up, pull up my order receipt. I wanted to buy a book, but I couldn't. Actually, I okay, one thing I will say, I bought some SPF. Um, I don't really even know if that would be considered like appearance related. That's more safety related for myself because we do live in Southern California and the UV has been, it's been getting up high even though it's getting cold. Okay, so <laughs> I bought this three packs. I couldn't find a single pack and I can never find this tea. It's called, okay, it's called Womankind um, and it's supposed to like... <laughs> It's supposed to balance your pH, you know, like down there, which I have some problems with sometimes. <laughs> I can never find this tea at like Target or Whole Foods or Ralph's or anything. So I was really excited to have it on Amazon. I wish I could have just bought one pack to try it out, but the three pack I think will be fun. Um, I bought some Polaroid film because I really love taking pictures of like myself and my friends on those. It's just something that brings me joy. I love like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I really do love pictures. I love like taking good pictures and having memories and just being able to hold on to them forever. It's something that's really special to me. I bought some gifts for my little, which is so exciting. Um, And then the thing I'm most excited about, and I think is like the most in the realm of self-care for me is I bought little embroidery kits. I wish I could show a picture of them, but they come with, I just did one like this for the first time and I literally had so much fun with it. It comes with like the appropriate string you need and then it comes with like a pattern on this little thing of cloth. So these ones are all like cute little flowers in just like the prettiest little color range I'm so obsessed with. When I was like, I know it's a really simple, stupid thing and like it didn't need to be that big of a deal in my head, but just when I think about self-care, I want to think about doing things like reading and doing embroidery and things that exercise the creative part of my brain, even also just like resting. But then that comes back to the same thing of when I have a ton of homework to do or I have a ton of work to do, um, I, I the last thing I want to do is being is sitting around like watching TV or reading a book or doing embroidery because I am already pressured by knowing there's things on the other side I have to do. So in reframing that idea of self-care for myself, okay, well, I'll get into that later. I think one 
major aspect. One thing I've started thinking about as self-care that I didn't previously was doing my homework. Emailing people, getting on top of tasks, getting on top of readings is a part of self-care for me and one that I really could not go without. I kind of, I think I can get into this mindset of toxic self-care. So I think it's because I have gone through periods in my life where I have not been, have not taken good care of myself. Like I was not showering. I wasn't taking good care of my like physical, but especially mental health was just like absolutely wretched. Um, that sometimes when I'm trying to combat that I can overindulge, um, overindulge for sure. So something to like that effect is like, okay, I like want to eat, but like, I don't really want to go out and drive self-care. I'll like DoorDash it. And then by the end of the month, I have a hundred dollars in DoorDash fees alone because I've been ordering food to my house every day or I'm wasting money on, or something I really fell into over this summer was I was kind of struggling with like the aftermath of a breakup and feeling really like alone and heartbroken. And oh my God, I could get into this too. Like the way that after heartbreak, it's like, well, you gotta be like hot and you gotta show him what he's missing and you gotta be like super sexy. It doesn't make anybody feel good. I could do a whole episode on that. But um, something I really fell into was like online shopping. Like I would get kind of things I didn't have the money for or I'd be getting tattoos that I didn't have the money for because I was like, well, I deserve this. Like I've just been having such a hard time recently. Like I deserve to spend $400 at Princess Polly on clothes I literally don't need and don't have space for in my closet and I'm not going to wear in two months. To be fair, I do wear a lot of those clothes still, but I digress. Um, I fall into this routine of like toxic self-care of just enabling myself to do literally whatever I want to the effect that it's actually stifling my self-care because I'm not saving money. I'm not experiencing delayed gratification at all. I'm getting that instant gratification. And then whenever I get that, I need more and more and more. And I'm never, ever, ever satisfied. So in reframing the way I think about self-care that's been a big part of it too. I think, I don't even remember what I was originally talking about, to be very honest with you. Um, but going back to the thing I was talking about earlier about reframing getting homework done and getting assignments done as self care, I think self care needs to exist at a structure level. Structural. How the fuck do you say that? So self-care needs to exist at a structural level. At a structural level, I think we as a society, we do live in a society. Um, I don't think we have a conception of self-care in the slightest bit. I think a lot of the ways we think about self-care, like I was just talking about, five-minute self-care checklist, self-care ideas, and it's all like hug, bath, yoga. These are small things we can do throughout a day, but it's giving the underlying assumption that we have a stressful day and we have stressors in our life. I'm not saying there's going to be any way to ever completely get rid of stress. It's a natural human emotion that's always going to exist. But I do think that at a fundamental level, we need to be practicing self-care in order to not offset these kind of things being the only things we rely on, if that makes sense. So what I'm talking about is when I do my meditations, I'm stressed because I need to get to class or I need to be doing homework or I need to be, I don't know, otherwise doing something else that I deem more important. I think self-care at a fundamental level would be 
taking a more manageable load of classes, saying no to things when I know I don't have enough time for them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm practicing self-care in an 18 units a semester realm when actual self-care would be 12 to 14 units a semester. And that's something I grapple with because, I don't know, I just talked to my therapist about this on Wednesday. I'm a person who likes to be busy. I like to be on top of stuff. And a lot of people would say that's capitalist conditioning, which I don't disagree with. But I just think personally, the way I am, I need to have something to do. I need to have projects to work on or else I get really, really, really bored. But I also get stressed out easily. So these things that I need to do, which are bringing me joy, are also giving me immense stress and making my hair fall out earlier and kind of going to give me an early onset heart attack. But I know if I wasn't doing anything, I'd be bored out of my mind and depressed. <laughs> so that's where we come to this interesting line. What is self-care for me because does self-care look like having a bunch of things on my plate and look like having a bunch of projects and creative endeavors so that I feel like fully emotionally satisfied or does self-care look like lessening that load so I have less to do but then I'm more depressed or does self-care look like reworking my idea of happiness so that I don't need to have a million things on my plate to feel happy and fulfilled it's something I question myself a lot about um I think it's good to have things like in the meantime while we try to figure out that like broader structural definition of self-care to kind of satisfy us because the truth of it all is that even if self-care was like off to some farm somewhere and not having to work a day in your life ever again that's not realistic for most people in the society we live in I know it's like capitalist conditioning but at the end of the day the society we live in is deeply capitalist and I do think there are things that I'm just going to have to adjust with that to that and deal with that at some point even though at the current moment I like immensely don't want to so it's good to have things like that to tide you over in this kind of broader existential question but it comes back to that problem where I don't know. After I do yoga, after I do meditation, sometimes I feel incredibly fulfilled and relaxed, but I would say a good like 50-60% of the time I kind of don't. In fact, sometimes I feel more anxious than I did before. I think it also goes to grasping at things to try and like find meaning for them. Lord talks about this actually in her song Mood Ring about just like all sorts of sort of Eastern spiritual practices that Western people have adopted to, and kind of basically commodified in order to search for meaning, especially difficult times. I think specifically in quarantine, my idea of self-care was like buying crystals and doing like sage cleanses and meditating and like laying crystals on my chakras while I'm meditating to open them. Um, I do fully believe in some of those things and I think they helped me especially at times when I needed them badly but I do look back and I think about that and I go how is this market that we've created of like five dollars a crystal rock and like thirty dollar self-care kits on Amazon and like juice cleanses that are a hundred plus dollars to free our body of negative spirits how can we really consider that self-care I think anything I, I, I mean, I know everything, everything has a price in this society we live in. Um, but I don't think things that are extracting huge amounts of your money, especially, especially in like the context of a college student 
or someone who's just not earning, having a ton of income. I don't think anything that's taking large sums of your already limited income can be really considered self-care. That's kind of the trap I fall into as well with like online shopping and stuff is it makes you feel good in the moment. It's like gratifying. But in the long run, actual self-care would be like putting money towards school or buying things that are truly going to make you healthy, not like hippy-dippy shit that you saw on TikTok one time and you thought would be fun to try out. Actually, right before I started recording this, I was in the bathroom and I was looking at people's Instagram stories and one of my besties, Pranav, posted something really I that I really liked to their story. It's by... Um, Mimi Ju Jiwan, which is, I don't know, they make all those really cute, like, little <laughs> gradient background, like, text posts. You you will know it if you looked at their Instagram. Um, but they reposted one of their things to their story that said, self-love is not limited to the self. And I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. Self-love does not mean that I direct love, ex- oh, that was a hiccup, um, exclusively towards myself. Consuming or buying my way towards self-love teaches me to love selfishly and egotistically and creates deeper isolation. While boundaries are imperative, loving myself is nourishing the place where love has a home in me while also connecting to my neighbors. Loving my livelihood does not mean that I have to venture through it alone. When love is shared, it only expands and multiplies in its abundance. Love reverberates into everything that I am inseparable from and forms a sacred bridge that connects my love to yours. So specifically the bit about buying my way towards self-love teaches me to love selfishly and egotistically and creates deeper isolation is kind of, I think, just a way more eloquent way of saying what I'm trying to say here. And there's another article that I read a while ago from the Michigan Daily, which I think is funny because I actually don't live in Michigan, so I don't really know how I stumbled upon this, um, by Yoon Kim. And it's talking about how We need to reframe self-care as community care. Oh, it's called The Essentiality of Anti-Capitalist Self-Care. So (laughs) I know it seems counterintuitive because self-care inherently reflects the self. That's the first word in the phrase. And all of these activities, like when you Google self-care, at least at least from my perspective, I don't know, maybe the bugs in your computer give you completely different results. But They're all focused on me buying something I want, eating something I like, taking a bath, not whatever, (laughs) taking a bath, doing skincare. They're all very egotistical and self-centered. And I do think I think there's space in our lives to have both. I think sometimes it can be helpful to be self-centered. I know I have some days and I I don't even think it needs to be framed as like self-centered. I know there's some days where I want to be alone and all that's going to be helpful to me is taking a shower or a bath by my lonesome, doing activities by my lonesome. Um, but I think something that's really important is this idea that we can buy self-care and this idea of a personal journey with self-care can be really, really harmful because I think one of the most important things we can do for self-care is invest in the community around us. Um, and to to their credit, a lot of these like popular self-care graphics will include something like call your mom, call your dad. I know that's not going to be self-care for everyone, but um, for those who have good relationships with their parents, which is very lucky, it can be very helpful. Or talk to a friend, get a hug from someone. That interpersonal connection, I think, is truly how we're going to take care of ourselves. I think it's important. I think just as humans, we are social creatures. That's something that's been established throughout history. We crave that human connection. And even for the most introverted people, 
that's what's going to be the most helpful. I think in a lot of mental health episodes or darker mental health periods, it's easier to isolate yourself. And it's also easy to isolate yourself in the name of self-care. That is to say there's definitely a balance with everything. I know sometimes all I I feel like a lot of my days are just surrounded by people. And the best thing I can do to take care of myself is take care of myself alone. But I think investing in your community, volunteering for things that you're passionate about and forming and maintaining relationships with your friends is also self-care in a way we don't really talk about. I'm trying to think like in the past week, what is something I've done that I've really felt like was good self-care? I think this goes back to the idea of like the toxicity, the cycle of toxicity I can get stuck in. For instance, I had literally like four loads of laundry, like full loads of laundry. It was like overflowing out of my laundry hamper. It could have probably formed its own other laundry hamper. And I just wasn't folding it because I was like, I'm not in the mood. Like I'm like so stressed out. Like it's going to stress me out even more if I do this. I was kind of avoiding it in the name of self-care. But last night I folded all my clothes, watched a documentary for class, cleaned my room, like fully went through my skincare and hair care routines um, did readings for class, like answered a bunch of emails. And I have felt like the absolute most cared for I ever, ever have in my life in not in my life. But this month, honestly, that was probably one of the most peaceful days I've had was investing into my physical and mental health in ways that weren't just like a five minute, like breathing exercise was extremely gratifying for me um, to actually get some tangible work done and to check some things off my checklist was really, really, I think, the best self-care I could grant myself. I do think it's important to keep in mind for especially for things like um, for things like meditation. I do think that it is incredibly helpful, even though I was like five minute breathing exercises, like what is that going to do? I do think it's helpful. I think the most helpful thing about meditation is that you're making space in your day to just sit and reflect with yourself. Um, I think that's when it really turns into self-care. I think what a lot of people think of it as is like something like a box you need to check off. I definitely know that's something I've struggled with and I think a reason that self-care has been quite frankly fucking difficult for me throughout my life is because I'm thinking it of like okay I need to do this every day if I don't do this every day I'm gonna be stressed another one like that is journaling I don't have the capacity to journal every night um, but whenever I try to like pick it up again and I can't get it done on a consistent schedule I get upset with myself and it ends up being more of a stressor where it was supposed to be a relaxing sort of relieving hobby. Um, something actually, I just was talking about my good friend Pranav. something they said to me one time that it seems simple, but it was really, really helpful for me was the idea of setting more realistic goals. So if you're talking about meditation or journaling, Make a more flexible goal for yourself and especially ease yourself into it. Say, this is something I'm going to do two times a week, three times a week. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning or at night. I think my difficulty is I'm trying to do these things okay, every day, right before bed, right when I wake up. Like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to take all my meds. I'm going to do this and this and this. And it's all going to be perfect. And, like, then I'm going to – I can say I'm, like, really great at self-care and I can stop worrying about it and it's all going to be fine. That's not how that works. <laughs> not how that works at all. I think that's something that they have like really, really helped me understand. 
And I think something that has better enhanced my idea of self-care, um, just, yeah, as a concept in general. I do think it's good to establish a routine with these. I think it can be really kind of difficult territory when you're only meditating, you're only doing positive affirmations when you're like at your lowest lows, um, because sometimes you don't have a good like background with these things enough to know what works for you. And I think just like having a consistent level of maintenance for your mental health is important as well. Not doing like damage control whenever things get really bad, but to be kind to yourself in establishing those boundaries, because as much as I may hate it, I do live a busy life and that's probably not going to change anytime soon, especially being a college student. Um, so finding out what works for me best in my schedule, like, okay, for example, I know I'm not going to wake up early and meditate on the days where I have an 8 a.m. I don't have it in me. And honestly, that's going to make me more tired and like grumpy throughout the day. So those days I might choose not to meditate at all, not to do affirmations at all, or maybe do them at night after I get back from class, et cetera, et cetera. Shifting my focus to the days where I have more flexibility, where I have more capacity and energy to do such a thing. And then I think on a broader scale, making sure I have the energy to do those things. I think a great deal of self-care is going to bed early, getting a good night's sleep rather than being like, you know what? I deserve it. Like, I'm going to stay up all night and like watch the show that I want to watch, blah, blah, blah. So I think that was like a million different messages because I was saying, take care of yourself, but not too much. Don't 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 do five minute self-care activities, but also do. I think it's all a balance and it's all a personal journey. I think we're all sort of coming into the ways we take care of ourselves in very unique and different pathways. Um, And I don't think any of them are bad or good. I just think, I think what mainstream media has advertised to us and has marketed as self-care is not always going to be the most helpful alternative for everyone. And that's okay. That's just kind of the way that things are. I just think it's important to remember to not be too harsh on yourself if you aren't looking like the perfect picture of all the self-care influencers you follow their the podcasts of or follow on TikTok and Instagram because those people are also giving advice and they're not going to show you the, the days they skip their yoga routine or the days they get a burger from In-N-Out. I think most of those people are just going to show you the healthiest, most like inspiring aspects of their lives. And I think another important thing to keep in mind, especially with like health influencers and mental health influencers, is that a lot of those people are getting paid to do that. And having that level of security and comfort in your job makes self-care a lot easier. I think for people that are working minimum wage jobs or unemployed or are students or are just busy in some other general way, and don't have the security net of a ton of money to fall back on, taking care of yourself is a lot more difficult. And I think a lot of the stress problems that induce us taking care of ourselves would be solved by a basic level of income. But that's a topic for a whole another type of episode. Um, I think the main takeaway for me is, I don't know, just to figure out what works for me. And I know what works for me to an extent. And just to remember that it's all a process that even if something has worked for me for a long time, it might stop working for me and that that's okay too. Um, I'm trying to think. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of my piece for the day. I'm trying to think what else I've been into. I kind of started to talk last week. I tried to talk about um, like music I've been listening to 
Ever since I went to the Lucy Dacus concert on Saturday, I have been really, really listening to her albums, um, Night Shift, Addictions, classics. Um, I Don't Want to Be Funny Anymore used to be one of my absolute favorite songs. And like it still is. I just hadn't listened to it in a while. But when she performed that, that really, that just struck a chord with me. That invoked something in me that was kind of, to be honest, a little scary. <laughs> also, been she didn't perform a ton of Boy Genius. I, I, don't, I can't remember if she performed any Boy Genius. But just seeing her live really made me want to start listening to Boy Genius again. So here we are. That is heavily in queue recently. Silk Chiffon by Muna and Phoebe Britters is still in the rotation most heavily. This morning, I listened to Birds Don't Sing by TV Girl. I might have talked about them on my last episode. I've been in a heavy TV Girl phase recently, but that song specifically, I've been skipping. And I don't know why, because it's so good. Um, Greer just released, I think it's a new song, Happy People. Yeah, and they're coming out with an EP soon. That was something absolutely most pleasing to me. The single is so, so good, and I'm so obsessed with them. I really want to see them live. As far as podcasts and everything... I just haven't had a ton of time to like listen to stuff, which is deeply upsetting. Um, I started listening to this new podcast called Morning Ray, and I've been really enjoying it. It's another kind of like self-care, mental health type beat. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, yes, I'm going to go do my yoga and like read my tarot cards and like live my best life. And I don't know if I always do that, but it's kind of nice to just have the fantasy for a little bit. As far as media... Also, I totally copied this this section from any Andrews podcast, but, you know, it, it happens to the best of us. Um, media, I've been watching Impeachment, the Monica Lewinsky show, and I'm actually kind of obsessed with it. I really like Beanie Feldstein. I didn't think she was going to be a good Monica originally. That sounds mean, but I just didn't think she, like, looked or felt the part. But she's actually been kind of amazing, kind of slay, and I'm obsessed, to say the very least. Um... But yeah, that's kind of all my piece for today. Just remember you are so beautiful and so perfect and so loved. And don't be too hard on yourself, man. You're doing the best you can. All right. That's my piece for the day. I'm going to say goodbye.